You are now in the realm of enlightenment and transformation. Welcome to Chief Speaks. All music performed and produced by you, Young. Enlightenment and transformation. Enlightenment comes from allowing yourself to journey through the dark shadows of death the primordial abyss of wisdom's waters. For it is the treasures and mysteries that lie wait in the dark that transform us and propel us to a new enlightened state. One should neither aspire to live in the light nor the dark, but should journey between the two in order to evolve the overall reality into a self-actualized creation. Knowledge is your light as wisdom is your darkness. The bold interplay of the two in your life leads you to an enlightened understanding of yourself and the universe you've created. Male is your enlightenment. Female is your transformation. Child is your evolution. Woman, accept the light into your darkness so it may enlighten you. Man, bring your light boldly into the darkness so that it may transform you. Enlightenment and Transformation I love you so much because you just don't know what you've just done for me. Thank you so much. Wow. This is like the best call I've had in ages on BTR. So this show is able to hear today and I'm so thankful. That's his, uh, his home. For now, a new pathway has now been cut in order to get to the Almighty where there may not have been one. So the communication with them, if they have enough power and strength uh, to talk to us, the communication will get very This is one of the reasons I don't get into the current events thing too much because it starts to become a perpetual alarm clock that we just keep hitting snooze on. I speak to the ascended masters, quote unquote. I talk about spiritual stuff, but I also speak about some very practical, we can do today things. Be as natural as you can be with your spiritual self. You can't always go by your feelings because your feelings are corrupted. Your feelings are just as corrupted as everything else, your chakras and everything else. You gotta know what's beyond you, and that's why we have elders. We can't do everything. You can't get everything out of books or or a weekend certification. You can have the most powerful, ancient, oldest, most, as far as you know, truthful tradition in your hands. And if you still have a, a dirty um, spirit, you're not gonna get anything out of it. You're not gonna learn anything. You're not actually gonna grow. I try to teach in a way where I make myself obsolete. That's always been my goal, to make myself obsolete. Um, I really wanted to, you know, kind of big you up, um, you know, I think you're awesome. There's a lot of elders out here right now that that want to know what's going on. They're not getting on Twitter and stuff like that, but they want to be up on, on the new stuff. You know, sit down and have some conversations with them. You know, it's not always about hearing their story. It's also about being news reporters for them. And this is what's, what's happening right now. They may tell you something about what happened in Charleston that you couldn't even your spirituality has to create the same spiritual family okay and that family exists first inside of you you have to express the different expressions of of that rainbow coalition of, of spirits inside of you first okay don't don't let communities hijack that rainbow see the problem is when we come into the conscious community the dudes are doing the same thing that the women are doing I just want to say that I really enjoy your show every Sunday and um my friend and I call it going to church. You know, when we call him, we'll be like, you going to church? 
God cannot go against its own truth. So anytime you have an inkling that God is going against its own truth, then God is no longer behaving as God, so therefore the spiritual community doesn't recognize God. You dig where I'm coming from? Or can we have a new thought? Can we step outside of the books for a second and have a new conversation about hair weaves and wigs? You know, can we have a new conversation about homosexuality? Can we have a new conversation about vegan eating? It's a good day for exorcism. Peace. Greetings. Welcome, everyone, to another session of Chief Speaks on Enlightenment and Transformation. And, of course, uh, we're dealing with insights, as we call them, uh, for our Sunday segments. And, you know, I will that all of you have had a prosperous, strong, and that uh, as we're coming into and and starting another strong, that uh, you're starting it off with conviction and, and deliberate intention towards moving moving towards what it is that you want to do and what you want to be so this month uh we've been speaking about uh or we started i guess you could say speaking about the concept of of the undeveloped and again i i would like to reiterate um in dealing with that that uh when we say undeveloped i, I want to make a clear distinction between undeveloped and under developed okay so this strong we're not necessarily talking about those who we might consider to be underdeveloped because again it's very subjective you know for you for for or i to say uh where a person should be or how far they should have developed and where they left off and you know they left off there but they should have been here you know not too many people have the right to make that type of statement you know so Undeveloped is something uh, a bit different. And last Sunday, as we covered, uh, speaking about the undeveloped, um, you know, we're primarily focusing on what we were, at least last Sunday, was uh, those who choose to live what we would call an unexamined life or, you know, a life where uh, very little is looked into, very little is questioned, uh, very little is is, uh, examined and and observed uh, for the point of really respecting the, the moments or respecting the experiences or just just something as simple as respecting the actual intellect that uh, many of us came into the world. Sometimes we take on the assignments of, of the unintelligent because we choose not to uh, question. We choose not to scratch. We choose not to dig underneath the surface. So, you know, we spoke about that a bit uh, in last Sunday's segment. And, you know, one of the things I I charged some of you to do was to, you know, have dialogue with those of you who, you know, you have relationships with who make certain statements towards you, like, I love you, I care for you and things like that. And, and actually ask them, you know, what does that actually mean? You know, in, in completeness, what does it mean when you say you love me? Do you know, what is love? You know, can we define some of these terms that we are uh, <laughs> really imposing Honestly, it's really an imposition, but some of these terms that we're imposing upon one another, can we take some time to actually define them? So, you know, we spoke about that last strong, and that was kind of an assignment that I gave many of you to uh, look into. What does it look like to when you really start to <laughs> scrape away the, the flesh of, of statements and really look at the bones? You know, it, it's very similar to... Um, it's, 
something I was going to speak on. I was thinking about, you know, there's, there's a sutra in Buddhism um, where it speaks about basically having the ability to catch a snake without being bitten. Okay. And I mean, that's, that's the bulk of it. But, you know, as with many things, they seem so simple at first. And then, you know, you have to really, again, scratch and dig and understand what's really being said. You know, so in my in my level of uh, of what I've achieved intellectually and emotionally and spiritually, I'll share where I'm at with it. And and I I say my level because you know there's always there's always more, <laughs> there's always more to learn, there's always more to see. So I I never really try to present anything that I'm saying as a definitive um, destination of any kind of wisdom because it's, it's not, (laughs) you know, it's definitely not, not even for my own, you know, but when you look at the concept of, um, catching a snake without being bit, uh, what, what there's, there's a, there's an implication there. If you read the, the full sutra, of course, there's an implication there, you know, where we're actually speaking about, you know, being able to acquire something, but doing it in a way where you're not, confused you know or you're not oh god excuse me i'm sorry i know y'all heard that in the background let me mute that i forgot to you know i was uh <laughs> my timing as you as you all probably noticed we started a little bit later my timing was off uh this this sunday i was on the phone with uh with an elder from the continent and um you know, I, I told him I had to <laughs> I had to go and get on the radio, but he didn't really understand what I was saying. Yeah, you know, I gotta I gotta go in a minute, Papa. You know, but um, you know, I always say you gotta give those elders their time, man. Give them their time. Give them their time. So if I gotta make the show late, it, screw it. <laughs> you know, especially because I I know the work sometimes it takes to call someone when you're on the continent. You know, and and you know, getting the uh, credits on your phone and everything like that, and to make the call. So, you know, um, I was I was happy to hear from him. So yeah, man, um, that took a little bit. Okay, so uh, going back to um, what we're speaking about here, now that I got everything muted out. So yeah, the idea there of being able to catch a snake, right? Uh, without being bitten, it there's an implication there or, you know, a connection there with the idea of, again, when you read the sutra, not being confused by things, right? So what that essentially means is this, you know, um, a lot of times when you try to learn something, and I see this happen so often, you know, like, especially when it comes to information about metaphysics and things like that, what happens so often is that, people get very confused by the terminology utilized. Okay. They get very confused by the terminology and end up going left or going right and totally missing the point of the teachings because they, a lot of times don't understand what's being said or they take what's being said and without full understanding, without fully diving into the nature and the intent and the purpose of whatever it is that teacher is teaching, they begin to form their own opinion. A lot of times people do that out of laziness too. So let me, you know, throw that in there. Cause I've seen that a lot, especially when it comes to 
sad to say, traditional systems. You know, a lot of times that the respect isn't there. So it's like, well, this is just that, or this is just this. Oh, we we learning about this in the Akan. Well, that ain't nothing but the Arisha, and the Arisha ain't nothing but this. You know, it, it always goes to where people try to claim, you know, very quickly that they have the same kind of wisdom that people who have developed systems for thousands of years have. They can figure it out in two or three minutes with barely listening, barely being present. So that's an example of getting bit by the snake. You see, so you got confused, and I'm not saying you, you know, generally, a person will get confused very, you know, by the words and, and the terminology that's being utilized, but um, doesn't actually get to the meat of where they're going. You see, doesn't actually get the actual snake, but gets bit because the word, the words can seem uh, very confusing at times the world the words can put a haze upon things you know so let's say for instance um if i said something like uh, i'm going to create an osun staff right um people may hear that word osun and say oh he means oshun oh he ain't talking about nothing but oshun without really understanding that no you, you I said what I said. I meant to say what I said. You know, it's it's in the tones and the pronunciations and things like that. So you have to learn the fullness of the teachings before you just kind of minimize it to wherever you want it to be. You see, now when you when you minimize it in that sense or you grab it, which is so often you know happens because what people do is um, they take what they want. Well, I just came here for this. I just came here for that. I don't want all of that. And they don't realize that, well, if you don't take all of that, what the part that you'll end up getting will poison you. You know, it's very similar to eating certain fruits. You know, if you don't eat the the fullness of the fruit, then there's certain other parts of the fruit that become poisonous as a result. So certain fruit, yes, you have to eat the skin. You have to eat the seeds. You have to eat the, the meat of the fruit. You know, you, you would many fruits like i eat the stem <laughs> you know i eat the apple stem and the seed and the skin and and the, the fiber you know so if you don't it becomes poisonous if you start to try to extract and do that form of you know genetic modification based you know horticulture so it's the same thing with information right so that's again called being bitten by the snake when you're trying to capture the snake so people who have trained for many years you know, like snake trainers and people who catch snakes, they know how to capture a snake without being bitten. Now, this would be like um, we would compare this with like, let's say, a master student, you know, someone who really knows how to learn. You know, they know how to learn without being confused and w without letting themselves get so far in the way of the teaching that it takes them down the wrong road. You see, they're distracted by where it could take them down you know, the different roads because they've decided to grab their own understanding without fully understanding what's being presented. So what you might see that and, and, you know, sometimes I, I give little references, but I, I try to keep it vague, even though I, I've gotten caught out there <laughs> as of recently, you know, um, and what I'm talking about is sometimes I hear people online, um, who will say different things about spiritual systems that I may know, about and the things that they're saying are not correct you know they're off so uh 
you listen to someone like that and nine times out of 10, I can almost say 10 times out of 10, the reason why their information is off is not because they're unintelligent. The reason why their information is off is because they're purposely trying to carve their own road. You see, they're purposely trying to say, well, this is how I feel about it, or this is what I see or, or so forth and, and so on. So, um, a lot of times what happens is when people are very quick to take something without full understanding and say, wow, I can take this and use this as intelligent information to debate with. I can use this as intelligent information for me to shine with. I can use this as information for me to carve my own way. I've seen that at times when I see certain people try to mix systems without understanding those systems first. I've seen this a lot of times with Arisha and Kabbalah. People will try to take you know, Kabbalistic systems of the tree of life and associated with certain Arisha. They even do that with comedic studies and they'll, they'll try to associate certain comedic archetypes with certain Arisha, but don't understand each system. So they're making wrong associations. You see, again, another example of getting bit by the serpent or getting bit by the snake that you're actually trying to catch. You see, so the snake is good. You want the snake, but you're being confused by the words. See, words and sounds can be very confusing. That's why most of the time when uh, our great revelations come to us, they come to us when we're silent. When we learn to to not only um, slow down or preoccupy some of the mental chatter, but we close our mouths as well and we listen, which becomes very difficult. You know, a lot of times for people when they're in learning mode because of the reasons they may have gone into learning mode. It may not necessarily have been to become a master student. They just might want to be a master or maybe they're looking to profit from the information. Or like I've said before, uh, maybe they're just looking to debate. You know, some people just they they just have a desire to debate and they're looking for whomever or whatever will give them the best material, the best substance for debate. You see, so now if your intentions are unpure because your perspective of approach or your angle of approach was was came from a, a dirty place, then then in essence, um, you're going to get bit. So now let's speak about the dirty places for a second. So you really get a, to, to get a, a grasp of a grasp of what I'm saying. And and to explain that, you know, I'm going to speak about um couple things well let's talk about let's let's start here cycles so as many of you know here in this dimension and and, and this this way of being that life has uh exhibited you know in this time that that many of us are experiencing this form of life you know there are cycles of 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 life and death you know there are cycles of gain and loss and those cycles are in a, in essence they're prisons you know, just like you have cycles of heaven and hell. Will I go here? Will I go there? It's all of this duality. And when you truly become liberated, when you truly become free, you break free of the cycle. Whether you break free of that cycle um, while you're here or whether you break free of those cycles in your next your next incarnation. But nonetheless, what happens is through the cycles of duality, you know, through the cycles of life and death, so forth and so on, we're always looking for something to begin and for something to end, right? And the reason that we're locked into those cycles of life and death is because we're still focused on the individual, right? Now, 
I'm going to show you how this relates to what I was speaking about earlier in terms of our learning, you know, where we we're trying to catch the snake, but we're getting bit by the snake. And again, I'm, I'm going to call myself sometimes and, and my teaching, let's say my teaching, not myself, but the things that I teach are let's, let's to make it, you know, closer. Those are the snake. Okay. So, and the reason I'm saying that, because I don't want you to immediately take the snake connotation and say, well, snakes are bad. (laughs) <laughs> you know, because a lot of us are still very Christianized. So we, we when we think about a serpent, we think about something that's bad. So, no, it's not a bad thing. You know, so in the same, it's just an, an example. That's all. You know, uh, it could be catching the uh, mongoose without getting bitten or catching the goat without being getting bitten or the rooster without being pecked. Okay. But in this particular sutra that I was thinking of, uh, the, the example there is given is, is a snake. So, um, so even in this instance, you know, uh, I, or my teachings could be the snake and the confusion could be as soon as I talk, like I've had somebody say this to me recently. Well, not too recently, but she said, you know, yeah, you repeat yourself a lot. And like, you know, she was saying it like, you know, she said, because I, I said, oh, you should listen to the, she was asking me some questions about something. I said, well, check out this segment, that segment. She said, oh, yeah, yeah, I I, I, I saw those segments. They were saying the same thing, right? Now, anyone who's really listening knows that every single time I do a segment, workshop or whatever, I always say something new. Every single time. You know, I make it a point to do that. I'm, I'm very conscious of of not because i can't i hate repeating myself that's one of my pet peeves is having to repeat myself so certain things i will drill in as a part of a process you know like do your own work do your own work you'll hear me say that a lot but if you get confused by the words and say oh he said do he started this segment off by saying do your own work ah he's going to talk about the same things again and then you drift off somewhere else you've just gotten bit by the snake you see, without having the patience that it takes to be a snake charmer or the patience that it takes to wait and the timing that it takes. It's all about the timing and listening and listening and watching and observing and saying, OK, this is how I have to grab the snake. This is how um, I have to reach into this bag or do this or do that. But see, that doesn't happen when you're coming from the from an angle of taking. You see, and the angles of taking always come from a sense or a strong emphasis on a sense of of self. Anytime you have a strong emphasis on self, you, you're going to have that because what happens is the concepts of possession or ownership or attachment or mind are only associated with the idea of I quote unquote, you know, quote, I unquote, as in the self. So without I there is no mind. You can only have mind if there's I. And when I say mind, M-I-N-E, not M-I-N-D, um, M-I-N-E. So you only have the concept of this is mine when you have the concept of an I. Okay. So now as soon as you come into that place and as soon as you come into the world of attachments, then you come into the world of cycles. See, cycles are all about attachment, which you hold because what you're holding on to, you're going to lose. You see what you're experiencing and you're saying this is this is my journey or or I am experiencing this eventually ends. 
right? Because nothing that we're experiencing from the eye perspective is, is permanent. It's, it's all based on impermanence. So there are different modalities that we'll utilize when we're coming from that eye place. One of which is the body, um, identification. You know, we identify ourselves with our body and when we do that and we try to learn from that perspective, the perspective is always going to be wrong. Right. Another thing that we identify ourselves with is our thoughts. You see, so a lot of times through the identification of our thoughts, we approach um, information through our own way of thinking. You see, so that creates, again, a selfishness or a possession there or an attachment. And that's wrong. So there's all these different angles a lot of times that we'll utilize to approach our information, you see, and they're, they're, in, they're, they're impermanent. You see, they're not changeless. They're not, um, they, they're still, they're still subject to destruction in many ways, you see. So when we hold on to those attachments, we immediately create cycles of, of sorrow, cycles of suffering, cycles of exhaustion. And we say, well, wait a minute, but I'm learning. I, 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 you know, I signed up for the class. <laughs> you know, that's a famous one. I hear all the time. I signed up for your class. Why? And how did you approach it? You see, you, you, if you're approaching it from an eye perspective, I'm going to get this, this information because I'm going to debate or I, I want this, I need this based on what my body is yearning for, based on what my feelings are yearning for, based on what my thoughts are, are yearning for. And again, there's so many different ways that, um, you know, well, now I can't see so many different because there's only about five of them, but there are different ways that we will approach something and will utilize that approach to basically confuse us. You see, sometimes we use the world as our approach you see sometimes we use the world as our approach um and in that sense utilizing the world as as your approach what we end up doing is we'll take our world consciousness or how we perceive the world or how we perceive the spirit of the world and we'll try to learn through that another wrong perspective you see so there's so many different ways that we can come at information and we come at it wrong, just like you might come at a snake wrong. And it senses that your angle of approach is wrong. It, it senses how you're coming at it is wrong. So it bites you. You see? So when you learn to be a better student or a master student, you know, we could say what you learn how to do is, again, how to how to acquire the snake without being bitten. And the first way you have to do that is by annihilating yourself. It's, it's the full decimation and destruction of the eye theory because once you lose the eye theory you lose the attachment theory they they go hand in hand <laughs> you know you can't have attachment without i because what is this thing attached to or when we say my husband my wife my child uh my car my my job my business um my path whatever it is it immediately takes you to the eye and the higher up you go in your in your learning, you realize there is no I. The I the, the I doesn't exist. The I is the illusion. So if I attach myself to if I attach all things I acquire in life to the actual illusion, then that's gonna keep me in the clouds. And when I say cloud, it keep me in the fog. Let me use that term. It's gonna keep me in the fog. 
You see, so essentially I'm not actually learning anything because because all of my learning is attached to my eye. Sometimes that eye is my history. You know, sometimes um, the idea there is that we're learning and, you know, because we're trying to get over past hurt and we're trying to get over past pain. You know, so what we utilize is our learning to try to heal ourselves from our past hurt and past pain, which may not actually be our present hurt and pain. But we've identified with that with that egoic history back then. You see, so that so that now that consciousness becomes our our identity. So we go to learn and we're coming from the wrong angle again. And, you know. One of the reasons why I think it's important for me, for me in particular to share this with you all, because there's a lot of times where I, I had to tell someone recently, actually, that they're approaching me wrong. <laughs> and I know it's not always understandable when I say something like that, you know, like they're coming for a reading or they're asking a question. And I'll say, like, like the, your motivation behind getting this reading because uh, those of you who've gotten readings, Bobby, you notice it's usually one of the first questions I ask. What motivated you to get this consultation today? Right. So a lot of times the motivation is off. Uh, sometimes in signing up for the class or going to the workshop, the motivation is off. The intention of why you approached is wrong. So what happens is once the perspective, because each each path of intention is a perspective. Like I said, you have the body perspective, you have the thought perspective, you have the emotion perspective, um, you have the world perspective, um, you have different formations that exist inside of us, even the consciousness, you have your own conscious perspective. You see, sometimes we look at our consciousness like it's pure and as, as long as I come from a place of consciousness, then, you know, mentally I can grasp what I need to grasp and I can see what I need to see and hear what I need to see here, excuse me, and, and perceive all that I need to perceive. And it will be healthy for me because I'm doing this from my consciousness. You see, sometimes we don't realize in that sense, like, no, you that that's still not the angle because it's still the consciousness is individualized. So your true learning, your, your true acquisition of anything that's done from a perspective or done from an angle is still done in, done in the world of impermanence. You see, it still locks you into those cycles much different than when you say, okay, there's no I, I don't exist. It's just, you know, I'm, I'm coming into, in, into this learning, coming into this teaching, devoiding myself of all that I may desire, devoiding myself of all that I may attach myself to and hold on to. You see, because when you start releasing and detaching from things that you think you need to be attached to, you're, you're concurrently releasing yourself from the grips of fear. A lot of people wonder a lot of times, how do I get over fear? You know, um, I'm seeing all these reports here. By the, I'm pausing for a second. I see all these reports here in the chat room. People are saying that they cannot hear. Um, but I think there's a lot of people who can hear. <laughs> so. If you can hear, just give me a, a note in the chat. I glanced over and I've seen a couple of those reports. Uh, the sound looks fine on my end. All right. But if you cannot, if you can hear, excuse me, just let me know that you can hear. All right. I noticed like a 30 second delay. So it's going to be a minute for you. Yeah. That I can hear low. I can hear. Okay, cool. As long as one or two people can hear then I know it's fine. So whoever, whomever can't hear, well, you can't hear me saying this anyway. All right. So there's no point in addressing you. But, uh, 
<laughs> but all right, cool. So we got a bunch of people that can hear, and those who can't hear, they probably just need to refresh their browsers or something like that. All right. Um, thanks, Spence. Spence, where are you coming from? <laughs> okay. Um, so uh, all right, all right, cool. Yeah, it's a delay. So everybody's told me they can hear now. Thank you. Thank you, everyone. Um, yeah, so the angle of approach is critical. And if they're, thank you, thank you. Everybody's telling me they can hear. So if your angle of approach is based on attachment, then you won't get the snake. You'll get bitten by the snake. And sometimes the snake bite makes you think that I'm here. <laughs> I got it. You know, and sometimes knowledge hurts. Yeah, sometimes it does. But sometimes we confuse the snake bite with us actually acquiring the snake itself. You know, it's just like sometimes you may build a raft, you know, to try to get somewhere. And we confuse being on the water and the raft with actually hitting the shore. You ain't hit the shore yet. You know, sometimes the, the experience. Or like the pain or the bite is, is so long standing, we begin to confuse that with the actual attainment of what it was that we were going for. You see, so it's it's the same exact thing in your learning. And again, your attachments are keeping you locked into the cycles. Now, as soon as you detach from everything, what happens is you remove fear from your world. Right. Because fear is is directly attached to the ego. Ego functions off of history and, and basically outrage. You know, what feeds the ego is offense. It has to it has to keep figuring out a way to be offended by something in order to stay alive. You see, that's that's how the the ego works, you know, so it finds things to be upset about it. It finds things to hold. That's why when you're holding anger or you're holding hurt or you're holding depression, these are purposeful tools of, of the ego. It's no different than than the sensory experiences or the sensual experiences that we we get into that become really an uh, uh, a blocking, you know, to what it is that we want to do in terms of our growth. Now, and there's something there for you, for you to to understand as well. Uh, I know a lot of times when we start to like like I've had uh, <laughs> I, I remember a sister told me once uh, many years ago that. Uh, she was concerned about being with someone like me because she wanted to enjoy her life. And what it was, was she essentially associated being conscious with, you know, living a life of austerity or or a life of plainness, a life of, you know, basically like being a monk or something, you know, just being, not being able to enjoy um, the, the, the sensual pleasures you could say of life because you're conscious and, you know, you read a lot and you do a lot of community work and you seem to be really righteous, quote unquote, you know, uh, so uh, there's things that I still want to do and I want to enjoy. And, um, you know, I didn't I didn't argue with her. Uh, her perspective was off and it was wrong. But sometimes even when someone says something wrong, you have to listen to the intent behind it. And sometimes you could save yourself worlds of headache and exhaustion just by allowing people to go, you see. So this is the same thing. Um, it's the attachment that causes exhaustion. If you think about it right now, all of you who are able to hear me, <laughs> all of you who are able to hear, uh, think about anything in your life right now that you find exhausting, any point of exhaustion, 
in your world right now. And if and if you feel you have no points of exhaustion, um, anything that you feel sorrowful about or you feel uh, some level of anxiety about or some some level of suffering about anything. Just think about it for a second. Now, take on this idea. I guarantee you, whatever it is that just flashed through your mind is something that you're attached to and feel that you cannot detach from. Something slash someone slash somewhere. <laughs> uh, it, it's a it's a person, place, a thing that you feel that you are attached to and cannot uh, detach from. I guarantee you, anything that you're att- anything, anything that you are attached to is going to create exhaustion, suffering, sorrow, anything. Okay. Now, here's here's the trick. Okay, and and I I gave the example of what the young lady said to me about you know being with someone like you would be rough because you know it wouldn't be any fun. Um, because you're, you're conscious, right? Um, and anyone who knows me knows that that's a crazy statement. I know not too many of you know me, but they know how, I guess, uh, lit (laughs) my life is, you know, how, how wild it can be at times and how scary it could be, but there's a lot of fun and there's a lot of, I don't know, I guess, heart stopping (laughs) <laughs> heart stopping traumatic situations too, but it's, it's never boring. But, um, the idea there is why I'm able to do that, you know, which I think maybe surprises people sometimes is because of the actual impermanence of all things, you see? So most of the time when we have addictions to things, it's those things that we have essential experiences in our lives that we want to last. We don't accept the fact that it won't last. So for instance, sex, um, a lot of times sex can, can serve as an obstacle or a blockage to your actual development. If you're engaging in sex in a, in a format and in a way where, um, you're using it as a permanent crutch, uh, Overeating could be the same thing. You know, overeating a lot of times happens when when we don't take time to really enjoy the relationship with the food that we're eating. You know, in that moment, you may be eating, you know, I mean, I see young people do this all the time. I get on them about it. You know, like they just scarfing stuff down and then looking for the next thing, you know, just so they can have that feeling of of being totally bloated and full. But don't really remember you ask them the next day, what you have for dinner yesterday? Can't remember had no kind of relationship with what it was they were actually eating, you see. So there's a difference there. Uh, Oftentimes, um, sleeping becomes that same thing. You have some people who like to just sleep all the time, you know. And I know we look at that a lot of times, especially uh, when we're looking at women, you know, because, you know, women do need a little bit more sleep uh, than men. But sometimes we look at women and, you know, we like it because we say, oh, well, you know, she knows how to pamper herself. She knows how to treat herself, you know, but what it is is that she's overindulging in her sensual pleasure because sleep is like a sensual pleasure. You know, it's, 
it's a good feeling. It's enjoyable. You know, sometimes even just to escape from the world, you know, like going into that bottle or, or the sexual experiences or whatever. So a lot of times what we do, instead of taking and saying, you know, whatever it is, the amount of hours you need, because I know it varies, you know, whether it's six hours a night or eight hours a night or four hours, instead of taking that night that, you know, that time where you would be fulfilled in your sleep, you go overboard. You know, you're sleeping 13, 14 hours a day. You know, you you overindulge because you really want to stretch that experience out because you keep forgetting that it's an impermanent experience. All sensual pleasures are impermanent. So once you come to the realization that it's impermanent, then you really enjoy it. You see, you really enjoy it because you understand the substance that sits inside of it. So, for instance, I may sit somewhere and um, I may sit somewhere and look at a sunrise. Right. And I will enjoy, or you, I'm sure you all, many people love the sunrise or the sunset. You will enjoy that movement, you know, seeing the sunset or seeing the sunrise. But part of what you enjoy about it is the fact that you know it's going to end. You know, you know it's going to end. As the sun is, is setting, what you're enjoying is the fact that you're appreciating the countdown. And that you know that every single moment that you if you if you get on your phone or you walk away or you turn away, you know that you're going to miss a very precious moment in this whole experience of the sun setting. You see, so it it forces you to be in the moment at the time. But at the same time, you know that it's an impermanent phenomenon. It's an impermanent event, which which causes you to enjoy it even more. You see, or if you're sitting down and you're eating a piece of fruit, you may be eating a papaya and, you know, the papaya is not going to be there forever. You know, but you're you're having a momentary, you know, relationship and conversation with this piece of fruit, which makes the fruit even more enjoyable in that sense. And you could go through a list of many things, you know, where you you, you could see where in the moment I can really enjoy this thing. <laughs> you know, in the moment in the moment, this can be extremely enjoyable. You see, but if I were to try to hold on to it longer than need be, you know, like maybe one papaya will satiate me. One one papaya will fulfill me or a half a papaya even. Right. Um, But because I don't want to let go of that moment, I eat four papaya, (laughs) you know, I eat five and I and, you know, um, I tell myself I'm doing something good because, well, they're good for you. And the seeds and the papaya help to clean out the intestinal tract. So this is all good stuff here. And, you know, I I convinced myself without realizing that, no, I'm not enjoying the relationship that's occurring in the moment. And I'm trying to make something impermanent, permanent. You see, so as long as you have that mentality of trying to make the impermanent permanent, then what happens is you become very fearful. Because what do you become fearful of? The end. You see? So you become fearful of death. You become fearful of your cycles. You become fearful of even relationships because you're afraid that they're going to end. Well, what if it doesn't work out? You become fearful of advancement. I don't want to take another job, man. You know, I might go there and get into an argument with the boss or something, and now they fire me. I don't want to start my own business because, you know, it's it's too hard, and we're in a slumped economy right now, and da-da-da-da-da-da. I don't want to invest in, 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 you know, in stocks or invest in commodities because, you know, who knows, man, this, this whole um, – market is this whole economic system is getting ready to crash because of all of this fiat currency circulating, you know, through the system. I don't want to get into it, you know? So we become afraid of so many of, of change. 
We become afraid of so many different things ending, which and that fear, that egoic fear actually keeps you in the cycle. So the thing that you're afraid of, you actually strengthen and encourage it by your fear of it. I'm afraid of the cycle, so I stay stuck in the cycle. <laughs> and then when you're able to release the fear and say, you know what? Hey, man. <sighs> None of this stuff is going to last. None of it. None of my relationships are going to last. You know, uh, my children are not going to be my babies. <laughs> you know, at some point, um, my mate and I, let's say, um, I don't know, we're, we're together. We're 25, 26 years old. We're ripping into each other's clothes every single day because we're just tur- so turned on by each other. We might not do the same thing at 70 or 75. You know, so even the lust and the hormones and my super high testosterone that I have at 25, 26, even that's going to go down and we're going to look at each other differently. So the nature of our relationship is going to change. Nothing is permanent. Everything is going to change. And my desire to try to hold on to those things creates a big affair. So now I'm I'm 70 years on popping blue pills, (laughs) you know, I'm doing and I'm giving her all this maca to take, you know, in in coconut oil, put this coconut oil in, in that thing. You know, and so we can, because I popped the pill, you know. So what happens there is our desire to try to hold on to what is supposed to be a part of a, a, a fading of things. The desire only comes because we become very eye-centric. And once you become very eye-centric, you become very possessive. You become possession-centric. So now it becomes my experience. This is what we do. I love my children like this. Me and my wife or, or me and my husband, this is what we do. This is our really so it becomes all about ownership without you realizing that, listen, man, you're just observing something. You're you're identifying yourself with, with the body, you're identifying yourself with the thoughts, you're identifying yourself with the emotions and the sensuality. So now it actually becomes a blockage to what it is that you're supposed to be doing. It becomes a blockage. When in fact, it's supposed to be something that you just enjoy through observation, you see, but you're trying to hold on to that thing that is always changing and always fleeting and always leaving. So now it it dumbs you down in a sense. It becomes that great blockage in a sense, you see. So that only occurs when the eye is prevalent. When the eye rules over, when the biggest thing in the room, when you're sitting in a room and the biggest thing in that room is I, is you. When the biggest thing in the room is you, then, of course, what happens as a result is you start to think of possession. You start to think of of ownership and you can't really truly own anything. And anything that you consider yourself as owning is temporary because those are all based on attachment. You know, an attachment is a product of. A thought. You see? So I think I, not mind, but I think I, so therefore I possess something because I and mind and possession, they all live together. They're all related. <laughs> you know, they live in the same house together. They're roommates. So now because of this sense of possession, I, I won't respect cycle. I won't respect the fact that eh, she was my lover today and she's gone tomorrow. <laughs> you know, well, women are finicky, you know. But hey, we had our time. I can I can and I enjoyed it for the moment for what it was. We can't respect that. 
you see, or as our children begin to to develop and to grow and to move beyond maybe even our circle of wisdom, we can't accept that. So we start to try to bring them down to adult place. You see, we start to we start to create mental formations of dullness inside of them on purpose. We cause them to identify with the body, identify with the emotions, identify with, with the thoughts that we think that they still have. We don't respect the expansion of their thoughts. Because we don't want that that to end. We're stuck in a, in a cycle of I'm going to have this and I'm not going to have it. I'm going to have it. And I'm not going to have it. I'm going to have a body and I'm going to lose my body. I'm going to have a brain and I'm going to lose my brain. You know, I'm going to have an identity on the planet. and I'm going to lose my identity on the planet. You see, now these are all signs and these are all products of our own. And maybe not just us, but maybe people that we may know. But these are all products of being an undeveloped person. You see, so whereas last strong, we spoke about the value of examination, the value of discovery, the, the value of, of uncovering things within yourself and cracking open. Like I always say, cracking open the skull, you know, but cracking open the skull and looking inside and and really, you know, taking things on a, on a journey. You know, if you want a good metaphor for that, man. You should listen to I don't know what, what project was on, but it was Rakim and he did a song called The Punisher. Real, he he had this real colorful way of how he described going into someone's cerebral, you know, going into someone's mind and and exploring their thoughts. You know, it was real creative. But, yeah, I just say cracking heads open because obviously I don't have the lyrical skill that Rakim has. But um, it's that same kind of idea, though. But we become very fearful when that eye is present, you see. When the eye is present, attachment is present. Once attachment is present, fear is present. Because what could you ever really truly possess? You don't you don't even you don't even have power over your own body. Right now, your body is doing things by automatic and biological function. And there's nothing you could really control. Which which what could you do? Okay, well, I could kill myself, but you don't really kill yourself. You just may have done something to the body, but the body's not actually dead. It's still, you know, it's fermenting, it's deforming, it's still, it's still alive. So you don't really have that control over life that you might think you do. So then we say, but I want to be able to, I have no control over my life. Well, there's your first problem right there. See, so this is what I mean why I think it's an important subject because sometimes things are said uh, to me sometimes what where I'll say things and you know, like a person may say, well, chief, I'm reaching out to you because I don't have control over my life. And I say, oh, well, there's the problem. And and then I'll have to explain, like, it's not your life. Oh, I know that. I know that. But I'm just saying, well, the fact that you said it shows that you're still coming from the wrong angle. You know, and I know we're, we're quick to sidestep that level of correction <laughs> when things are pointed out like, that. well, no, no, I didn't mean to say it like that. Yes, you did. Or it would have come out differently because what's on the inside comes out on the outside. So it's the same thing there when when we have the idea that, well, this is my life possession. Life doesn't work from an eye perspective. Life is flowing through different things and that's it. And it's going to keep on flowing and you can't control the flow of it. You see, you can't control the flow of life. Even if right now you tried to hold your breath <laughs> and you say, okay, well, I'm going to, you know, uh, I'm going to create an analogy between life and breathing and I'm going to stop my breath. What's going to happen? At some point, your body's just not going to let you. You 
can't just like sit there and hold your breath. You're going to open up your mouth and breathe again. You see, it's going to force you to breathe again. So the control a lot of times that we think we have over ourselves or the I should say the control that we think we have over life sometimes translates into a very um, warped sense of possession. And that warped sense of possession creates fear and that fear further stimulates the cycles that we're trying to break out of. Because the key is, is to move beyond cycles. You want to move beyond the cycle of life and death. So that way your last birth, what it becomes is your last incarnation to, into the world. It just becomes, you know, an incarnation where you're just living as an enlightened person. And that's it. Whether you incarnate into the world that we are currently speaking and functioning in, or if you incarnate into the world of, of high functioning deities, you know, either one or archetypes, you know, um, you could incarnate here, you can incarnate there, but you can be stuck in a cycle as a, I'll use this term to help everyone. You can be stuck in a cycle as a God, or you can be stuck in a cycle as a human. Both are, are can get stuck in cycles. So even the idea, sometimes I know we put so much praise and emphasis on what we think are God. They're not gods. I mean, I've broken that one down already, but you know, on these archetypes, we put so much emphasis on them as if they are the, are the you know, the, 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 the Omega, of our existence. You know, if I could just achieve to be like one of these deities, sometimes we'll even name ourselves after those deities, you know, cause we want to be them so bad without realizing that they rise and fall. They live and die. So that means they're still in a cycle. There's, they're even locked into cycles of impermanence. Anything that's impermanent that we attach ourselves to is going to cause us not to achieve enlightenment anything. So when you're coming from those angles where it's I based, you're never going to learn anything. Now, yeah, you may acquire a lot of information and you may be able to quote out of books and, and things like that. But, you know, one of the examples you can use, think about it. I'm not going to mention anyone and I'm not implying anyone, but sometimes I see different, um, I don't know what I call them. Uh, maybe lecturers, maybe we'll say different lecturers, YouTube and so forth and so on. And they are highly egotistical. <laughs> and it's just like, I've used the example myself, you know, sometimes people will say things to me and they'll try to stroke my ego. Like, like they, especially when we used to have the call in show, someone would call in, say something incorrect. I could wreck them or they would be rude. I would correct them and they would say something like, well, what do you want me to say? Or they would start trying to stroke my ego, you know, and I'd have to tell them that, do you think I could have possibly made it as far as I've made it and not have an ego to, and, and with an ego that's not in check? Do you truly think that I'm that weak that I would need you to stroke my ego? You know, and I know when I say that it goes over people's heads. Because no one has ever, no, anytime I've ever said that, no one has ever said, yeah, that makes sense. It's always just a blank look. <laughs> but that's the thing. Um, it's very it's very easy to capture the snake when you come at it from the right space. And coming at it from the right space is coming at it from a sense of non-self. So that means the annihilation of the ego. If you are egoic, you're going to get bit. Period. So what happens is um, you have people, quote unquote, 
teachers or whatever you want to call them, um, they're approaching the information from different levels of the ego. Again, whether it be the identification, anything that you're identifying with. So let me just make that clear when I say ego. So it could be the identification of the mind, identification of the emotions, identification of the body, identification of your consciousness, you know, identification of the world, whatever it is, but you're coming to it from a, from a place of this is me. (laughs) You know, you, you have an ID within that. Then what happens is you're going to get poisoned body information. Now, how often do we see that? I mean, the nation of gods and earths, we call that the, the 10%, you know, or I should say the on, most honorable Elijah Muhammad gave us that the 10%, those who know the truth, but they use the truth in order to confound the 85%, the deaf, dumb, and blind, you know, that would be like some of your politicians or, or some of your quote unquote religious leaders and things like that. They, they know what's really going on, but they're using that information to keep people locked into a cycle of usury you know, and to maintain the status quo. So in that, you see, a person can have the information, but be poisoned by the information because of the way they approach the information. You see, they can be poisoned by it. So um, they'll get their little care package. Let's say if if the information is A through D, right? And they'll get um, <laughs> they'll get A and B. C and D, they'll, ah, I ain't got time for it, I'm gone. <laughs> you know, so they just want A and B, right? Now, because they came at that information from an egotistical perspective, right, and they didn't even get all the information, now A and B, whereas whereas when put together with A, B, C, and D, these are components of information, whereas it would have been something healthy and fruitful, A and B now becomes toxic because it doesn't have the balancing components of C and D, you see? So now they go out with toxin, and on top of that, they already have ego issues. So they start to teach and they're giving you, they're giving you incomplete messages, number one, but then they're also giving you something that has become a toxin inside of their own psyche, fueled by their distorted sense of ego. You see, that's why you have so many, <laughs> you have so many smart people. I'm putting quotes in the air like y'all can see me. That's why I'm laughing. But you have so many brilliant, smart doctor this, professor that, and the quote unquote conscious networks, but no one's actually doing anything <laughs> except for talking because they love to hear themselves talk. So all you have is talk lectures. What are we doing? What are we doing a lecture over here? We don't, are we doing another lecture over there? Yeah. We doing, we doing a, uh, uh, you know, a meeting of the minds and we're going to have five different lecturers talking, 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 because you didn't get all the information. You don't have the capstone in that pyramid. You see, you might have the 72 different names of of the sun archetypes, but but you didn't you didn't get that Merkaba stone on 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 the top. That's why you are only dealing with 33rd and third degrees. You don't have the other degrees <laughs> because you approached it wrong. So the masters, you didn't you didn't understand the full teaching from the masters. You see, so that's why you go out and you pretty much do nothing except for talk. And essentially what you're talking about is yourself, <laughs> you know, but it's the skies and people, they, they, they may not know how to hear it. They don't, you know, they, they don't know what to listen for, you know, and, and things like that. So this is what I'm, we're talking about being bit by the snake. So you could be bit by the snake, not realize it and still keep going 
and think like, well, hey, man, I'm I'm doing this thing. And I've seen people over the years, you know, I've been doing this for a while. And many people have come under me, many, who have now gone on to be way more, I would say, popular. Yeah, I, I would use that term. Have way more popularity and notoriety than I do, right? But they didn't get all the teachings. They just got a little bit. And then when it started getting into the parts of the teaching where they had to strip their ego down, they left. I'm out of here. You see, so there they got bit. They get bit. They got bit by. Now you got poison. Whereas you were supposed to be getting something healthy. Now you got poisoned by the information. You see, and the only way to to, to come back is to have the, the poison removed from you. But they're thinking that they actually have something of value because it's all centered around this I identity. And that I identity focuses heav- heavily on attachment. So when they see me again, I say, well, you know, I whisper in the side, well, you know, you really don't know what the hell you're talking about, right? Because I've seen some of them, and I'll I'll tell them just like that. Yeah, 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 I, I hear you up there, you're on stage and everything. But, you know, you know, half the stuff you're saying don't even make no goddamn sense, right? You know, I'll whisper that on the side. I know I got to come back, man. I got to get with you again, man. Yeah, I got to get with you again, man. You know, I really got, I got, you got to tighten me up. I got to get with you. Uh, yeah, I hate you. <laughs> So, but the thing is, you're so poisoned now and you're so attached to the identity, you couldn't dare break yourself or humble yourself to say, you know what? Oh man, I only got points A and B. I never actually finished the point C and D. You're not going to let anybody know that now because you're so based on the I and the I is based on attachments. You're not going to let that go because you're afraid now to let that go. You're afraid to let the world know, I don't know what the heck I'm doing. Or you're afraid to let the world know that the reason why I've been talking about the same things for 10 years is because I never actually got the full understanding from my teachers. So without the full understanding, it doesn't grow. There's nothing growing inside of me. I only have dead information inside me. So I can only keep regurgitating what I decided to take in before I, I stepped off. You see, when you get the full understanding, it's like a, it's like you become impregnated with that knowledge. So again, it's, it's takes us back to the Shiva and Shakti that we were speaking about recently. You know, when, when Shiva becomes impregnated with Shakti's consciousness, you know, um, the idea there is now it's, there's, there's a, there's an organization of the thoughts, you know, there's, there's, there's an organization of, of, um, high energy. You see, and sometimes that's that's so hard to do, you know, that's so hard to do. I think that I say Shiva, I meant to say when Shakti comes impregnated with Shiva's consciousness. I think I reversed that in my head. But when Shakti becomes impregnated with Shiva, Shiva being that consciousness, Shakti being that power, you see. So that's how you can always tell when something is is like a little off there, man. And and there was a good discussion at one of the retreats that Brother Charles and Brother Zach had, I don't know if it was a discussion, but I came in on, on the end of it. Uh, I think they were arguing, actually. But they were uh, they were talking about how, I'm not gonna, I, I got to say this without saying the people. They were talking about certain people and how basically they're, how basically they're foul people. However, Charles's perspective was, yeah, they're foul, but the information they're good is good for, be- it, the information that they give is good for beginners. You know, because there's different ways that you can be, you know, awakened. And and Zach's perspective was, um, 
that may be true, but they're giving you, if they're foul, then everything they're giving you is tainted, which is based on what I've taught, you know, and, and it, I, there's merit to both sides of those. So I, you know, wouldn't say I'm necessarily taking sides. There's, there's merits to both of those, but there is a truism there. You know, um, I don't care if someone is telling you, Hey, it's good to drink water. If they're a foul person, the energy and the breath that they just expelled and that you just took in, you just took in their poison. I don't care if they're telling you something that would seem that it's right for your life. It's it's not just about the logistics of the words because the words will bite you. See, that's what the snake bite represents. It represents words. Sometimes we get confused by the words and you got to look at the intention on the body behind the words. You see, if you look at the body behind the word first, the intention and the motivation behind the words first, you respect the snake's body. You won't get bitten by the snake's teeth and have the venom put into you. So if if the body is rotten, all you're going to get is poison. Doesn't matter what comes out. You know, there are some medicines that are made by snake's venom. <laughs> you know, so it's it it can go either way, but you have to look at the body first. And that's where a lot of us we we lose it because again, we're looking at our own body. We're not realizing that those that we're coming into consciousness with um, excuse me, contact with that they are reflections of where we're at. So if you're surrounded by all of these different foul teachers, then chances are you are representing yourself as a foul student. You see, you're representing yourself as a foul student, but the reason that you would be a foul student is because you're too focused on the eye. See, a lot of people, they want to leave their mark. That's the, that's the biggest mistake in this culture movement. You want to leave a mark. That's the problem. So most of the time, because you got to you got to think about the genius that our ancestors have produced. Uh, very, I mean, things that we're still trying to figure, still can't figure, you know, um, based on that, what mark are you really going to leave at this point? You can choose to absorb yourself into the collective greatness of your people, whomever your people are, right? Or you can choose to say, well, I'm going to take some of the greatness of my people, but then I'm going to, I'm going to leave my own footprint on the timeline. Well, it's the differences from those who want to leave their own footprint who want to leave. Now I want, I want to make the distinction there between those who want to leave their own footprint and those who are called to leave a footprint and just end up doing it because that's a part of their purpose. It's a big difference. Okay. So for those who, who desire, who have this desire, you know, who have this want, this craving and this need to be known and, and to pick their head up above everyone else and leave their own footprint. That's where the problem arises. That's the problem right there. Because in order to do that, nine times out of 10, you're going to have to cut away from the wisdom of your masters, the wisdom. When I say your masters, I'm not talking about people in particular, but I'm talking about like your teachings. You're going to have to cut away from the wisdom of your teachings in order to do that. You see, and when we live in a society where, where you don't really have any real teachers or students, it's very easy to cut away and no one will say, wait a minute, hold on. Where'd you get that? Like no one really knows how to, I don't say no one, but too many people don't necessarily know how to do comparative research and say, wait a minute, you said this, but does that really make sense? And what angle you coming from this, that they don't even do that. You say something, it sounds halfway good. They run with it. They run with it. That's all. Someone could say something like, you know, um, 
the okra, when you eat okra, the slime and okra is actually that plant semen. That's why you have those little seeds in there, you know, and that's why you notice most women, women enjoy eating okra a lot more than men do, you know, because it actually is, it's, it's semen from that plant. Now I just made that up. I completely made that up just now, but I guarantee I could get on stage and say that and people will be writing notes. Oh, that makes sense. Cause I don't like okra, man. But my wife loves it. You see? So when you're surrounded by people like that who don't really take the time out to do that level of comparative research or study, you can get up and say anything and people will just go with you. And now that leaves a mark. You see, everyone's going to remember me because I just said something. I went against the grain. I said something that no one else said. You see, it's it's that I, you know, it's that I that 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 we want to stay stuck on. You know what I mean? I got to leave my mark. Let me, well, let's see. What's 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 something wild out I can say? You know, what, what what can I say that takes me there? You find in the conscious collectives, one of the things that people do is 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 niggardry. You know, the more the more niggerish I can act, the more people, you know, will notice me and listen to me and relate to me. So I'll be talking about deities as something that's very precious. And then what I'll do is I'll just throw a bunch of curse words or profanity in there. And, you know, especially if I'm a female. You know, that really catches them, you know, throw some profanity in there with something that's quote unquote deep. And then people get all super excited about it because people are just real foolish like that. It's real easy to get them excited about nothing. You know, um, everyone's trying to leave a mark. And that's the problem. You don't have to reinvent the wheel, you know, but you're always going to feel that you need to reinvent the will, the will when you're attached to ideas and delusions of your own grandeur. You see, so everybody's going left. I got to go right. Why? Just because because I want to be seen going right. That's all. You know, <laughs> I, I remember. Um, well, there's a couple people I've known like this, but is an example. One one in particular, this child, little young, real pretty little sister. She was like maybe eight, nine and, you know, real type of like princess, you know, thing. And I noticed every time like we'd be somewhere with, with children and, you know, this was in my, one of my rights of passage groups. And I'd say, OK, everybody, let's go. We, we're going to go over here. She would always be the last one to get up. And usually what she would do is make you call her name twice. You say, you know, I'm not going to say her name, but let's just say let's just say her name was. um Isis. Right. So you say, all right, Isis, come on, let's go. Da, da, da. And she pretend like she couldn't hear you. Isis, come on, let's go to some. Oh, okay. Then she get up real slow, and then walk over at her own pace. And I started noticing what what she was doing. So I would do something else to kind of let her see that no, you're not in charge here. But that was her way of always making sure she got extra something more than what the other children got. You know, so all the other children got. Come on, y'all, let's go over here, such and such. No, that's not good enough for me. You're going to have to give me more. So you, I'm going to make you say my name twice, or I'm going to come over 30 or 40 seconds after everybody else. You see? Now, I mean, many years later, the young lady's having a lot of trouble in life, and I saw that coming a mile away. Very hard-headed. Mother can't do anything with her, you know, because she has this idea always to go outside and beyond where her mother is at or where her family is at. She despises her family. You know, uh, her family has a little bit of money. And she's one of those those youth, because now she's uh, 
Um, and she's about 19, 18, 19 years old. But she's one of those youth that always, um, thank you, everyone. I heard it. She's one of those youth that always seeks to kind of dirty themselves up. I should be clear now. I know everyone just told me I was breaking up. Um, she seeks to dirty herself up. So she likes to hang out in areas that she shouldn't be in. And she has somewhat of a disdain for her parents' affluency. You see? So she's trying to leave a mark for herself outside of what's been created for her. You see? So for us, a lot of times, that's one of our greatest challenges in organizing and moving to a a, a greater sense of manifested enlightenment because we, re we refuse to look deeply um, into the truth of what our different perspectives are. You know, so like I said, you may have the body perspective, the, the world perspective, the, the emotional perspective. But when when you're feeling something or you're thinking something, do you pause for a second and look deeply into what perspective you may be looking looking through and looking at when, what may be wrong about that perspective? So, for instance, sometimes we do things because we feel it. You know, um, relationships begin and end sometimes because of feelings, which is stupid. <laughs> that's just stupid. I mean, I got to be honest with you. That's stupid because that's only one part of it. You see, that's only one part of it. Okay, I'm going to address something before I go on. Sequoia, I know you asked, that's your second question. Sequoia first asked, what intention should we have when approaching our learning? And just now she put in, do we become a quote-unquote real student by annihilating the ego? And then Fase asked, now, Chief, how do we detach from ego? So I have to say to, to Sequoia and Fase, y'all ain't listening. Y'all ain't listening. This this is an example of what I'm talking about. This You're listening from the I perspective. You want to hurry up and get to one place. Because, Sequoia, you're basically, that was the same question you asked twice. Chief, how do we detach from the ego? How many times have I taught that one? But aside from that, if you're listening to what I've been teaching this whole time, I've been teaching you how to detach from the ego. That means you're not listening because your mind is focused in one spot. You're listening from a perspective. You got to you gotta get rid of the perspective. I already showed you how to do that. And I'm in the middle of explaining it even further when you're asking those questions. Okay? So I want you to think about that. I'm, and I'm calling y'all out because you, you ain't the only one. I'm, I guarantee you if I scroll right up now through the chat room and see some similar type of questions. I just haven't. It's just those are the two that are right in front of me. But I know y'all ain't the only ones. So that's why I'm, I'm, bring, I'm calling y'all out on it. This is how you miss the fullness of the teacher's teaching. This is how you miss having an actual understanding of it by what you just did. Do you understand everything I said so far? I know you don't, because if you did, you wouldn't ask those questions because I already answered those questions and what I've been saying. So this is what I'm saying. A lot of times we're listening from the I perspective. We want to go from A to D <laughs> and between B and C, we have the information on how to go, let's say, from A to Z. But we just, well, I just want D. I just want to know how to do this because this is the problem that I have. I, 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 I. That means you'll never understand. 
You won't get it. You'll never. How do we attach from the ego? You won't know how to detach from the ego if you're not listening to the and get the understanding of the teacher, because that's what that's what makes the understanding alive inside of you. So eventually the ego will become excess that will fall from you. But now you want intellect on how to detach from the ego. See, what happens is when someone's teaching, what's supposed to happen is you're supposed to stop thinking. As long as you're thinking while someone is teaching, you're not learning anything. The greatest meditation you can do is, is learning something because there's a moment in your learning where someone is, is breaking things down or teaching you whatever, where you just stop thinking and you just, you're just taking it in. You just stop. You almost kind of go into a zombie, almost into like a zombie like daze for, for a couple of moments. And when the person is breaking it down, you're just absorbing it like it's water. Okay. You're absorbing it like it's water. That's when you're actually learning something. So when I'm teaching, and I see people are like, you know, the light bulbs are going off and they want to ask questions. And I'm not saying the questions are wrong. There's a time for that. Don't don't get me wrong. I'm not, you know, saying don't ask me nothing. <laughs> you know, I'm not saying that. But I know by the nature of the question, let's say if I've taken 45 minutes and broken down something and then somebody at the end of that asks a question involving what I just said, then I know they didn't learn Anything, nothing. What happened, and I'm gonna give you an example. What just happened to you two? You two just got bit by the snake. <laughs> I almost feel like I need to come up with my own game. Yeah, yeah. let me shut up for one of y'all steal that idea. But um, you just got bit by the snake. So what? What again? What does it mean to be bit by the snake when you allow the words to take you to another place? So you hear me say the word ego, and you say, um, okay, well. I know I got it. So you, you start ruminating within yourself. Ego. Well, I know I got problems with ego. He's talking about ego. I got issues with the ego. Hmm. Let me ask him how I get rid of the ego. Meanwhile, while I'm talking and you're doing all that thinking, what you're here, what you're listening to is niggardry. Holes. Bitches. So you're hearing the little shock words in between, but you're not hearing anything I'm actually saying. You're hearing it, but you're not listening to it. Because you've started thinking, means meaning that you've broken your learning meditation. You see? That's the I thing happening <laughs> that's the i thing happening because you're you're listening from the perspective of what i'm going to get he's going to teach me how to de how to detach from my ego he's going to teach me how to annihilate my ego he's going to teach me how to do this this that 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 that, that. he's going to give me this that 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 i as opposed to removing perspective you're removing perspective completely and saying I'm going to remove the perspective of I for a moment and I'm just going to be here because he's not going to be here for very long. Whether he's going to talk for an hour or an hour and 10 or two hours, this is an impermanent experience. You see, so just like if I'm eating that mango or eating that papaya or that piece of pineapple or whatever it is. I recognize that it's impermanent. So I'm going to enjoy the moment it is right now. I'm not going to start eating the papaya and then pull out my phone midway of eating it and say, and you know, and, and Google, uh, what is papaya good for? 
how a papaya grown. How much money can I make as a papaya farmer or pineapple or whatever? I'm going to enjoy it in the moment for what it is right now and remove all thought and all agenda other than just having a conversation with that particular entity known as the papaya or the pineapple. And in that way, I don't get bit. So it's the same thing with your teachings. When you're listening from a perspective of, of what, where you want a person to bring you or what, what you want a person, it's almost like a relationship. Sometimes how we approach relationships, right? When people, sometimes we approach relationships with agenda, sad to say, sometimes we don't see what that enacts in another person. You see, like we'll, we'll approach a person and a person can feel the agenda. Like, um, I've met people sometimes and, and not, not just, you know, intimate relationships, just relationships, period. And people will say like, oh, so you, um, you do this. Oh man, I should have you do this for me. You know, it could be something, let's say with a computer or something, you know, like back in the days I used to, I had a little business back in the days, long time back in the days where I used to build computers and sell them. Of course, that sounds crazy to y'all be for you younger people. Cause like build a computer, you can just buy one from Best Buy. Well, back in the days, um, before most people even had laptops, you know, we had desktop towers and, you know, if you weren't working on an Apple or Macintosh platform, you know, you had these OEM parts that you could use to create your own machine and, you know, you could sell them for much cheaper than what they were selling for in the store, you know, long story anyway, but that was a business I had, right. Made a lot of money doing that too. And, um, sometimes when people will find out, they'd be like, Oh man, I need to have you, um, come over at my house and fix my computer. I ain't asked to do that. You know what I mean? You need to have me do that. You know, or shoot, man, you should give me some computer lessons. So the relationship now becomes agenda filled. You see? So once I peep that you have an agenda and interacting with me, now I'm going to get you because what you didn't realize is that I'm actually a snake. You see? So now you're going to get the fangs. When you could have got the body, but now you're going to get the fangs. So, oh, you need you need me to come over and hook your computer up? Oh, okay, okay. Now I'm going to start appraising you. You don't even know. I'm looking at your jewelry. I'm looking at your shoes. You know, I'm going to break you because of how you came at me like that. You see? So it's the same thing if we're eating a piece of food <laughs> and we come at the food wrong. And, you know, maybe we're eating something and we like, well, I just want something to fill me up real quick because I got to run. I got to go somewhere. And you eat too fast and now you're sick. You got the fangs or it's just like when you're you're receiving teaching and you're thinking the whole time while the person is sharing, you're thinking about yourself. <laughs> and, and and I don't listen. I want you guys to understand this goes with Sequoia and I don't remember who the other one was. Oh, if I say and anyone else, um, I'm not when I, I keep saying you, I'm not talking about y'all. I'm, I'm saying in general. Right. Because probably. 75% of the time, most of you, when you're listening to teaching, you're thinking about yourself, how you're going to apply this to your life, how you're going to utilize it. So, you know, it doesn't sound so far out. Like I'm just saying you just a, a selfish, horrible person. But like I said earlier, when we were speaking about being developed or under underdeveloped or undeveloped, essentially teaching real teaching like I told you guys before, it's going to be a very negating experience. It's very negative, you know, because essentially what what teachers do, again, real teachers, they're not regurgitating things that have already been said. They're not 
regurgitating what your ego has already told you so that they can get some dollars out of you. Nine times out of 10, they're taking things away from you. So truths that have been put in front of you, they're cracking them open and dismantling them and, and showing you what it really is. That's what teaching really is. So most of it is negating from what you feel that you are already attached to. So real teachers typically use their time detaching you from different ideas and different thoughts and concepts. You see, so it's the same thing here. When we're learning, a lot of times we'll think immediately while the person is sharing, how can I apply this? Well, if you're thinking, you're not learning. Just like if we're having a conversation with someone, we'll say, well, how can you talk and, and, and be listening to me at the same time? You know, like when you have two people talking over each over uh, each other. Well, it's the same thing with thinking while someone is teaching. How can you be receiving <laughs> while you're thinking at the same time? So your thinking now creates an obstacle to what it is that you were supposed to receive. Now, I know that's how that may sound, because many of us may say something like, well, you just want me to take what you're saying on blind faith. No, I don't want anything. I don't give a damn what you do. Honestly. And that's that's the, the raw, the honest truth. I don't care if you ignore everything I say, take it in, do what I advise, don't do what I advise. I could care less. Honestly, <laughs> you see, because there's no agenda here. There's no, I have no desire. I, um, if I'm teaching, I'm not teaching from an I place. What I'm doing right now is I am the only I thing that's happening right now is allowing. I'm allowing something that already exists in the cosmos to come through me so that you can hear it. That's it. But I'm not sitting somewhere and saying, hmm, how can I, how can I make so-and-so do this, or I think this would be the best thing for Nicole Gordon or the best thing for, for Anwar or, or, you know, Sequoia or Sonia Washington. This is what will be best for their life. Now I'm going to share with this with them so they can do this for their lives. All that I, so you can be an I based uh, student, but you can also be an I based teacher. So the only thing that's happening right now is allowing. I got a lot of stuff that's drifting around my auric body. And sometimes it, it wants to come through, you know, it wants, it wants to reveal and manifest itself. There's certain truth that wants to manifest itself to you. And using the cosmic gateway of my own mind, I can either block that or I can allow it. So all I'm doing is allowing, that's it. So it's the same thing as a student or as a listener, you're allowing or you're not allowing. You see, but let's say if while those things were coming through me, if I was thinking, well, should I say this? Should I say niggardry? Should I say niggardom? Should I even use the word nigger? Because that's not really a good thing. You know, should I say nigga? <laughs> you know, how should I do this, man? Because I don't want to offend anybody. Should I should I uh, call out Sequoia? You know, maybe I shouldn't do that because she might get offended. Should I call out Fi say I shouldn't do that because she's a newbie? And, you know, it's, I mean, should I really expect her to know that? that, 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 that? Nah, uh -uh. none of that. Just allow and allow means you y'all get your brain out of the way and let the cosmic mind flow through you allow the cosmic mind to flow through so as it's flowing through as listeners and students it's the same thing on your side you can say okay i can whoever you are <laughs> you know uh it, it could be uh georgina you know it, it could be 
uh, Brother Heru. It could be Omega or Maroon Beauty. And you could say, okay, I can allow this in. I can allow that cosmic consciousness to come, come through, or I can filter everything through my body. You know, he said something and made the hair on the back of my neck stand up, Ugh. you know, or, or he said something and it triggered a certain emotion or this or that. And I can now process through that perspective or I can kill all perspective and just be present in the moment and, and not seek for opinion, not seek for judgment, not seek for, for subjectiveness and what's being said right now, but just allow, see, allow is the key there. And in order to allow, I have to move I out the way to allow all to come in. You see, that's why, um, it was a meme I did a while ago where I said, ego is easing God out, you know? So if I'm functioning from the I place, from the egoic place, then I'm not allowing that deity or that archetype to come through, to come through and to come out. It's just going to be the impermanent me or the permanent I, which is always going to be connected to an attachment of something. And that attachment of something is going to now push the agenda in my listening. So I'm only here for this. I'm only here for that. Or I'm waiting till he talks about this. I'm waiting till he talks about that. That's why people will leave asinine comments sometimes like, um, like when I did New Year's segment and, and some fool wrote, normally I like these segments, but he was all over the place in this one. And like I said, well, that's a blessing to you, you moron. The fact that I was given that much information. If I'm all over the place, that means that means you got to take your lazy behind. Listen to the segment again. Maybe sit down with pen and paper and segment out everything that's being said because all of it is good food. But because you're selfish. You just want one thing. Hurry up, chief. Say something deep so I have something to debate people about with Monday morning. Give me give me a zinger, chief. <laughs> Say something, you know, hit one of them angles. You know how you like to hit them angles, chief, that other people can't figure out. Hit one of them angles so I have something to use when I want to argue with my family members. You see, you're a fool. I don't care anything about you. You got to understand that. I don't care anything about you. You're, you're, you're a fool. You're the type of people I want away from me. So it's, it's that agenda. I don't want people around me to have agenda like that. And sometimes our agendas play out. We don't even realize when it's happening. <laughs> we don't realize when we're doing, <laughs> when we're doing it, you know, and often we do it in relationships. We do it in our learning experiences. Um, it's just so many different ways and we don't know how to be silent. You see, silence is the key. And, and, and I'm not necessarily saying being quiet, <laughs> but being silent. You know, when we, when we silence those things inside of us and push the eye to the side or the, the, if we can, if possible, going beyond pushing the eye to the side and decimating the eye, killing the eye. Because don't worry, we're still in the realm of, of cycles. So you kill the eye, it's going to come back anyway. But, you know, so when you're killing the eye, it's just so you can have a moment, a moment to yourself. You know, it's just I just need a moment. <laughs> you know, it's going to come back up again because that's just the, the, the realm that we live in. We, we live in a realm of three dimension, which makes it fun almost because once you understand the impermanence of the eye, you understand that, well, I can kill identity at any moment. It's going to come back. <laughs> you know, it, it's going to come back. You know, because it's a cycle of killing and reborn and being reborn, killing, reborn, killing, reborn, killing, reborn, killing, reborn. You see, 
so it's 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 the same thing with um the idea of when you're learning something you say okay i'm going to decimate my identity i'm going to decimate my perspective for a second because i know it's going to come back in another second or so but i'm gonna kill it for a moment i'm allowing myself to be something else see that's where we speak about the supremacy of the fool when you know when you look at your tarot the supremacy of the fool or even if you look at uh your Arisha studies the supremacy of eshu the shapeshifter always and willing and able to be anything in the moment in order to be anything in the moment you see that's a that's a full eradication eradication of what i is or what i present or what i is going to be in this space and time. So it's just like when I said what I was saying, and I said, well, I could have been thinking it. Oh, should I say this to Sequoia? I, da, da, da. See, that's, that's I, that's you. Yeah. Now, because you, yeah, is always, you know, thinking about, uh, other people and, and how, what he says is going to affect other people. They're going to get upset. This or that. They're going to be scared of me. This, that, that. And, and, you know, he's always concerned about that, you know, how other people are going to receive things, but the cosmic mind is not so concerned says what needs to be said you see and some people will stay and some people will go either way i don't give a f about any of them anyway so so it works out you see all right i'm gonna scan the chat room for a moment um you know like i normally do uh for any type of responsible questions and and again let me reiterate i'm not getting on you two sisters i think y'all know that by now though. y'all been listening long enough to know how i am sometimes like I said people will ask things that I know other people are thinking too and um, it's just that other people don't have the balls to ask you know and they also don't have the balls to say like after you ask they don't have the balls to say you know what I was thinking the same thing you ain't the only one they'll sit there quietly in the back and just make it seem like you're the only one that that, you know had a off perspective that's just how people are man people kind of people suck all right I'll be right back. All right, I'm just going to read the chat and then I'll come right back. Ibashe Olumari. Ibashe Omila. Ibashe Awu Akoda Ibashe Asheda. Ibashe Ejubona Mepa. Ibashe Abongong Oba Ibefe. Ibashe Adabalutu Ife. Ibashe Olukun Ibashe Olasa. Ibashe Aje Ogun Uloso Olamba Ibe Aye. Ibashe Ita Mindinogu. Ibashe Olunoko. Ibashe Okun, Ibashe Okiti Awoko, Ibashe Oguni Maleri, Ibashe Babas, Ibashe Yeyes, Ibashe Ori, Ibashe Tototo, Olodumare, Ibotuba, Kibame, Eshi Olodumba, Ashe, 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 Ashe. But the true essence of magical or, or occult phenomenon is the creation of an ego, the creation of an identity, but an identity that will hold and maintain through lifetimes. The all in all is a spiritual and unseen subcontext that lies beneath all of reality. That is the all, and that within itself is mental. The greatest thing you can do in this moment is to be aware that these events are happening and to start digging into your creative mind as to where you can begin to assist. So these are not theories and thoughts and ideas that have been developed within the overnight. Nor are they theory sorts of ideas that have been developed inside the vacuum. But they've been tried until the real current out of the depth of the mind. Because your mind can only perceive what is real. But you have yet to actually So if the universe is mental, then can the universe learn something? Certainly. Alright, so I'm back. I scanned the chat room really quick. Um uh let's see here. So alright, so I saw a, a, a few 
questions uh, that were here. I'm not going to answer all of them. Uh, one of which was, uh, let me go back up. Let me try to do it like this. I'll make it easier for myself. Uh, one of which was about a dream. Uh, and, you know, being bitten by a snake and a dream, something like that. Uh, I'm not going to answer that, though. All right. In fact, I don't even think I need to because based on what you've learned today, I think you you already got your interpretation. <laughs> and that was from what Empress Mjai B. I probably I don't know if I pronounced that right or not, but you know who you are anyway. So Empress B. Yeah, she asked about uh, how I would interpret a dream about getting bit by a snake or something like that. But no, I don't feel like doing no dream interpretations. Not today. I've been doing that all my life. (laughs) You know, dream interpretations. I've always been the dream interpreter since I'm saying since I was a little boy. That's kind of that gift people knew about, man. Yeah, that's why you get tired of it. I'm going to do something else. Yeah. Plus, nine times out of ten, when you do a dream interpretation for someone, they don't do anything with the information anyway. Oh, that's what I was thinking. That makes sense. And then they'll do this, this that little slick thing at the end. Hmm. I guess I got to think about that. Then mother effer, why'd you just ask me for the goddamn question, answer, and now you're going to tell me you got to think about it? See what I'm saying? So, I don't really do them like that as much as I used to when I was younger, you know. When you're younger, you know, especially as a spiritualist, you don't really have a sense of your boundaries as much. It's like whatever people need, you just do. And after a while, you you start to get a better sense of what they need and what they don't need. Like that person who asked that, Empress uh, B, she doesn't need that answer because the fact that I don't recognize your name. So I guess you kind of knew. So you came in on this chat room on this show and we're talking about exactly what you had a dream about. Then that means... (laughs) <laughs> the spirits orchestrated that trans that 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 interpretation for you. You see what I'm saying? Like I don't have to now do it because obviously the the whole show was already about it. Or the whole insight. All right, so now let me see what's some other stuff. Uh Young Butterfly was I think young that's that's you, Georgina, right? Young Butterfly? I'm pretty sure that's Geor- Georgina. <sighs> Trying to hide under a new uh screen name all right but that just looked crazy all that stuff she was talking about so i'm gonna ignore that too and uh what else do we have i saw some other stuff um all right some of y'all were interpreting 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 the dream michelle says you know she gets caught up in doing all well we know i i know what you're already saying michelle it's it's been your story you you get caught up in doing things and you avoid doing the work. Yeah, that's been the case. Solutions. <laughs> that's what I want to hear from you, Ia. Solutions. You know, how are you going to get back on track beyond the proclamation? Because that's been a long-standing issue for you now. Right? So, you know, there's obviously, there's something in there. To, you know, there's something in there to, to kind of um, watch out for, in a sense, I guess we could say. Um, all right, let's see. It's a lot of, a lot of yip yap. <laughs> Peace, Sister Georgina. That's a different Georgina, you know. 
All right. Uh, and in Sequoia, she had asked the questions. That's the ones that I address. What intention should we have when approaching our learning? So after all my explaining, and I know it felt like I really called you out. Well, I did call you out. But I will say this. Um, no intention. <laughs> the intention that you should have when you approach your learning is no intention. It's the same intention that I have when I approach my teaching. No intention. And when there's no intention, then something else creates the intention for you in the moment. You see, and that's a part of your learning and that's a part of your teaching. You know, you, you tend to, you go, you go, like I said, when I always say go for the ride, that's what I'm saying. You know, you go for the ride. So it's just like, um, from the very beginning of these segments, I never, scripted anything or said um you know or had notes or bullet points anything like that because i have enough information and swirling around in my head at this point where it's really just about okay being free with it because i i have enough to fill up you know enough shows or even more i keep going so now it's not about because so if i start organizing then it's like okay well i want to say this i want to say that now once in a while when i do that i make it a point I'll say, um, you know, okay, this is something that I noticed that I'm going to speak on. So I'll always give that background, you know, as to why I'm saying what I'm saying. But no intention to, you know, you just kind of, you just show up. So it's the same thing, Sequoia and and Fase and all your other ones. Just show up. That's all. And sometimes that's hard. Because your ego will try to figure out ways to get you not to show up. And showing up doesn't mean, oh, it's 11 a.m. It's Sunday. Let me see what Chief talking about. Showing up may mean like, hmm, I'm going to have to leave the house. <laughs> like I'm going to have to go sit in a park or or somewhere where I feel safe enough to close my eyes and really, really be present. You know, and you think about how many things throughout the strong that will distract you or convince you to do otherwise, you know? So honestly, as a student, man, just show up. And same thing as a, as an instructor, I just show up. I, I, I still study, you know, um, for a prolific amount of, of, uh, hours in the strong and, and even in the day. So, um, I rely on my, my study and my experiences and my practices, uh, as my intention, all the intention happens there. You see, oh, let me pick up a, a book on this. So let me, or maybe I, a book I bought a long time ago. Oh man, I never read this one. All right, let me read this one. Or let me go do this experiment. Or, you know, uh, let me break out my chemistry set. You know, <clears throat> there's all kind of different things I do. It'll kind of bug you out if you saw, but you know, it's like a mad scientist lab, <laughs> the way I, I learn things, you know, because we learn more by doing than we do by reading or listening. We only retain about 10 to 20%, you know, of what we receive, you know, from reading or listening. We retain more when we actually actively either see it, demonstrate it, or we have hands-on experiences. So that's where all the intention is, right? Then after that, once I get in front of people, I, there's no intention, Cause I have all of that content now to pull from. I have all that substance to pull from. So I don't have to, you know, worry about well, what am I going to say? Am I going to say something interesting? <laughs> you know, am, am I going to hit them with a zinger? Uh, you know, I don't care about any of that. I have all the content sitting behind me. I just show up. 
So it's it's almost like um, you ever like and probably well, I think everyone can relate. Probably definitely the women. Um, I know I I I is one sister in particular who I had to stop doing it because you it really used to piss her off bad. But like <laughs> she used to always freestyle every meal that she made for me, and I knew she used to do that. So I would purposely go in the kitchen and be like, so um, what you making? And she'd be like, come on, man, get out the kitchen. I'd be like, hi, hi, I'm getting out the kitchen, but what's the name of that? What's the name of it that you're making? What's the name of that thing? And she'd be like, and she would like get real upset, like, listen, get, get out the kitchen, man. Get out the kitchen. <laughs> and I just walk away laughing, but I had to stop because that was cruel. But, you know, I knew what she was doing. She just would get a bunch of vegetables and this and make her own sauce and be playing around and, you know what I mean, being creative. So it's the same thing. But there were good sauces there, good spices there, plenty of fruit and vegetables, you know. So all of the content and the substance was needed. So the intention went into acquiring the best ingredients. Then after that, it's just let's let's just see what flows through. You see, so it's the same thing when you're a student and it's the same thing when when you're a teacher, you know, you grab the best content, the best substance. So as a student, what would be the best content and substance? Well, the best content and substance, whoever your your instructor is, is giving you the best content and substance. Right. So that's like you going shopping and you making sure you you might even hit up the farmer's market and or you might go to a farm and, you know, pick out your own produce and and things like that. Okay, I got the best. And if if you're a meat eater, you might say, okay, I'm gonna get that free range food or or I'm gonna go get it live and slaughter it and and clean it myself and defeather it, chicken, whatever, you know, but whatever, however however it is you get down, you know. Um, And then when it comes time to cook, well, what do we call? I don't know, man, but it's going to be good. I know it's going to be good, <laughs> you know, because all the right ingredients are there. So it's the same thing in your learning. You want to kind of see if you could approach it that way mentally. So by the time you sit down and learn, by the time you sit down to teach, man, it's 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 very free form. And because the truth is the whole like um, the whole I thing is played out, man. It's old now. It's played out, you know. What's what's hot now is communal living. That's that's what's cool. Community. So with community, it's just like if you go and kick it with one of your friends. You know, if you say, well, I'm just going to kick it with my friend. You just know intention. What y'all going to do? What are you just going? We like to use those term hang out. I don't like the word hang that much. You know, I used to say kick it or chill or something. But even chill is kind of funny. But, you know, we just going to go spend some time together. Right. So. And because you're so free and you notice the best relationships that you have with people are the ones where you don't feel like you have to entertain them and they don't have to entertain you. Like if one of your friends says, hey, I'm coming by the house, you don't feel like, oh, God, man, like now I got to clean up, you know, or I got to go to the linen closet, make sure there's blankets and pillows. And, you know, I, I had a friend of mine come by recently and he was like yeah you know i gonna i'm gonna stay tonight i'm like oh and i said it out loud we were on the phone i was like man i ain't got no pillows he was like huh i was like man i got man i ain't i don't feel like washing no comforters right now man it's late you know so i was like yo you gonna i hope you got a a, a, a coat in your trunk you're gonna have to sleep on the on your coat man i ain't i ain't doing all that 
you know, now because of, well, I guess I'm like that with anybody, but I guess kind of the nature of the relationship. I'm honest. You know what I mean? I don't feel like doing all that, you know, just cause you want to spend the night, you know? So, um, the best friendships are ones where you, you ain't got to do all that entertaining, you know? So it's the same thing with your learning. You know, the best kind of learning is the learning that you can come to with no intention. You know, what's this, what's the teacher going to teach about today? I don't know, but I know it's going to be good. <laughs> you know, because there's always something to prick. There's always something, you know, the, the, there's always something to prick and, and pull out of that source or out of that substance, substance. You know, there's always something good that can come out because it's a very healthy well. It's a very healthy pool of information. So that's how you really want to approach. I'm telling you, you get your best stuff like that. And that's why I say the I stuff is played out because in a communal setting, and people who have gone to retreats with me, they know we sit around the fire. We just, you know, we we cracking jokes, and then next thing you know, we talking about something real deep, and then cracking jokes again, <laughs> and you know, and then eating and looking at people fall asleep and filming them, taking pictures of them doze off, and then talking about something deep again. You know, because in that communal environment, um, the the idea of an eye is less present. You're enjoying the company of others. You're enjoying the spirit and energy that you're creating with multiple people, you know. So that would that would be the best way to approach it. And I know that was a very long answer, but um, that was a very big question. <laughs> but again, like I said, we, we covered it in this. So let's see. So Empress says, oh, she gave me the pronunciation to her, her name. Okay, thank you. MJ. Okay. Um Let's see. Yeah, not you, Georgina. It was a different Georgina. The other Georgina. All right. I, I know you never hide. You be telling us your GPS coordinates, you know, time, the weather. <laughs> so, no, you don't hide. Okay. Empress says, I've been subscribed to Chief Yuya Speaks for two years, but never called a live show. So, this is why it was divine timing. The dream was eight years ago. Okay. And you still think about a dream from eight years ago? Let that go, lady. <laughs> Let that dream go. That snake, that snake been dead. <laughs> yeah, that snake been dead for years now. Ambitious vegan, when there is no intention or motive, spirit can naturally express itself. Present is a present. Be in the moment. Oh, y'all want to get philosophical now. All right, ambitious vegan. I know who you are, too. Um,. All right, cool. So I think I, I got most of the stuff here, man. I think I hit hit most of the, um, yeah. And keep in mind, like, the idea, too, when, when we say you having no intention doesn't mean that there is no intention. All right? So I, I want to just clarify that, too. So if when we remove the I, it like our intention, our motive, that's what I'm talking about. But there's always an intention. There's always a motive. The intention is always evolution. So that's, that's, that's ever present. But so, you know, that's always the default that we're going to drop to. Even if we do nothing else, the intention of, of, of the cosmos is always to evolve. You know, Olu Dumari, you know, it's, it's again that, that the, um, the serpent, you know, the, the, the shedding of the skin, you know, when you're looking at the idea of Olu Dumari, but it's that doing of the serpent or cause do or Odu, it also means to actually do or to make. It means like to make something or to do something, you know, so it's still that same idea of of coming into being. But the way that we coming into that we come into being is by embracing non-being, 
You see that that's just that's the science, and I know it sounds, I know it's it's tricky, but you know, if if you play with it for a while, like you know, it will become easier for you. You know, the idea of of negating yourself or annihilating your sense of self in order to become a a greater self or tap into the greater self. You know, so in order to learn something, you remove your intention or your desire to learn something. You see, you're, you're, you're not see, because let, let me, let me give you a, a little, a little jewel, a little gem. Um, most teachers will give you answers, right? So it's just like, I'm call you out again. Sequoia, <laughs> Sequoia, like enough, <laughs> you know, well, like Sequoia and Fosse asking that question, right? So most people will answer the question, right? And the good answer that they get helps to qualify the quality of the teacher, right? So essentially what you're doing when you're doing that is you're only addressing what's beyond behind the person. You're addressing their ego because if I'm a teacher and I, or an instructor, I like to use the word instructor more, but if I'm an instructor and I'm primarily giving you information to answer some of the questions that have come up in your mind, you know, like the sister, um, uh, Empress, uh, MJB. Okay. So like her, her question, like she said, well, that was a dream from eight years ago. Well, you could have just left that off the table. <laughs> That's over with. That's done. <laughs> you know, eight years ago, you, you know, every cell in your body has regenerated since then. You ain't even the same person, <laughs> you know? So most of the time, and, and I, and I, this is a little tricky if you can imagine it. And, and I don't mean to offend any of you who are instructors or who have instructors that you really care about. So, but I just want to kind of give you a different way to look at it. A lot of times people are giving you solutions, you see? And the problem there is that the solutions and the questions that you, that you ask are only for something that you've already experienced, which can 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 actually lose its relevancy the moment that you eradicate your ego then your history doesn't matter you see so when you destroy your relationship with your history then now all of the instruction that i gave you about dealing with things in your past really are no longer relevant because you're moving towards a different type of future so the best instructors don't necessarily give you answers the best instructors impart ability to you you see, because now with ability, when you look at every everything that I've written from my books, uh, the classes, the shows and all that, if you notice, there's a certain trend. And, and again, the trend is kind of do do for self, you know, take these things and utilize them to empower your own life. Grasp the root of divine power. Stop playing with it. You know, like I say, you know, F with it, but don't F with it, you know, so learn how to really dig into it. Right. So in doing that, you're acquiring new abilities. That's why in grasping, you have divination. Yeah, you could divine for yourself. So what happens now is when you acquire ability, you're able to shape what your future is going to be. So as situations arise in your future, you're not always pulling back on those historical answers, which may not apply to where you are today. So what happens is when you're, when you're dealing with, with teaching or instruction that's only dealing with answers, you know, Every time something comes up, you 
Hey, Baba, I got another situation. How do I deal with this one? Hey, Baba, I need to, to schedule a consultation with you. You know, you, you're constantly tied into, you know, that person who's feeding you answers based on the past. But if they they give you ability, it's like, you know, I can give you the fish or teach you how to fish. If they give you the ability, now you're equipped to deal with what comes in the forward. And something's always coming in the forward. Something's always coming. I mean, that's just the nature of of living, right? So if you notice a lot of times when you guys will ask certain questions, like you may say, hey, could you interpret this dream? I'll say, well, you think of the dream. Let's let's prick your ability. You see, so that way you'll be covered in the future. Because I could tell you what a, your dream last night was, but that was last night. Who cares? It was last night. <laughs> what about today? What about right now? Now, you may say, well, last night still defines me. Well, then that's your problem right there. That's the problem right there. You know, we study the past and we study our history to understand what led us up to the moment. You know what I mean? But if we're still trying to answer things that are based on what we've already experienced, then chances are we're not going to be equipped for what our new experiences are going to be. All right. And again, I reiterate, <laughs> I'm not trying to dog anyone's teacher or anyone's instructor or your priest or your madrino or, or your padrino or anything like that. I'm not trying to, you know, that, but I'm just saying, um, I'm just giving you that real. So you could play around with the little kitty card and stuff, or you can get the real stuff. A real instructor is going to hit you off with ability because at the end of the day, an instructor is a student. You see? So just like when I say to you guys, no, I'm going to show you how to do certain things. I'm going to give you that. Cause I don't, I won't be talking to y'all for the rest of my life. You crazy. I, I got, I got, I have more things that I want to do for myself. You see what I'm saying? I got, I got more things for my family that I want to do. So I'm not going to, Every, you know, for the rest of my life, sacrifice these huge chunks of time to be, you know, regurgitating, reiterating the same things over and over to people. No, it is a process. We're leading somewhere and then I'm going to stop and I'm out. <laughs> That's it. You know, none of this. You know what I mean? So as a, as an instructor, what you're supposed to be doing, just like as a parent, you know, you, you don't want to create a, 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 a perpetual dependency you know, for your children where they got to come to you for everything. You want to get them to the point where they can stand on their own two feet. They can spread their own wings and they can fly off and get the hell out of the house <laughs> you know, or whatever. But I don't say, well, yeah, sometimes it's that, but you know, you want, you want them to be able to stand on their own too and have the abilities to face things that you may not even understand. You see, cause it's going to be situations that are going to come up where, Maybe the, 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 the measure of information that I'm giving is no longer relevant. You know what I mean? It, it's just, it, it applies in a different way. It's just like, if we, if we look at a lot of our, our Yoruba studies, or we look at it, just our ancient culture studies, you know, for the most part, um, much of what was used in terms of monetary systems was based around commodities, you know, so chickens, yam, um, uh, cows, you know, um, gold, <laughs> you know, different metals, brass and, and, and different, you know, metals and things that were utilized for stuff. Those, you know, those food, you know, those food commodities and things like that. For many of us who live in a, in a system of fiat currency, we don't own any commodities, like none, like many of us don't even have a garden where we have one tomato growing, 
<laughs> you know, so or, or own some gold coins or some silver coins or, you know, or, or anything like that or oil. We don't have any kind of commodities whatsoever. So for many of us, our thinking is based upon the currency of of fiat bills. So when someone starts talking about yams, you know, and honey and, and this and that, and they're speaking commodity language, we may not be able to completely translate that to where we are today. You see? So I could sit here and, and give you whole lessons and, and shows on, on how commodities were handled back in, back in, in ancient Nigeria, but it wouldn't, it may in some ways, but it may not necessarily give you the tools and the ability to handle where the economy is in your life today. So as an instructor, what you want to do is you want to give the abilities to handle the challenges as they come. Very simple example. You're teaching a, a, a child um, how to work on their own bicycle. Here's a simple thing, right? Lefty loosey, righty tighty. My youth still say that to this day when they tighten it or loosen it. All right, lefty, loosey, righty, tighty. Because they've been hearing that since they were so young, right? So you want to take something off, turn it to the left to loosen it. You want to put it on, turn it to the right to tighten it up, right? Now, what does that go for? Anything. Yeah, you may have been putting a tire on your bike or a wheel on your skateboard at the time, but it will also help you take your cell phone apart. You know, it will also help you maybe when you're older to take a wheel off of your car, you know, or with or your flying machine, <laughs> whatever new thing we'll, we'll have, you know, coming forth in the future. Maybe to unscrew the um, the matrix <laughs> plug that you have in the back of your neck, lefty, loosey, righty, tighty, you know, so whatever it is. But you now have the ability to confront things that are coming in your future. You see, you see what I'm saying? As opposed to me saying, you know, well, um, hey, Bob, I need to take this tire off, da 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 da, and then I take the tire off for you. Now I'm just shoving the solution and the answer at you, but I'm not, I'm not giving you the ability, you know. Or I may say, well, hey, just turn it this way, but I don't really teach you the ability of why, why are you turning it this way? Well, let's look at the threads on the nut so you can understand. Okay, and then let's look at the size of the bolt. Which size is that? Okay, it looks like a 13 millimeter. Okay, so you want to learn the standard and then you want to learn your metrics too. You know, so we'll go through it. So now you know your way around a toolbox, you see. So now you can grab that toolbox and go anywhere and confront, con confront problems and conflicts that may come up in your work or in your life because now you have the tools and the ability to do something. That's where you want to be. Now, you only get that if you go along for the ride. You have to take your intentions out. Remove that. You know, because like you may be trying to and, and you all may be able to relate to this, whether you have children or nephews or nieces. You ever try to teach them something and they they have a destination in their mind. Like um, they may bring their homework to you and say, you know, auntie, whatever, you know, what's the answer to this question? And you say, well, wait a minute. You know, you can figure this out here. Well, if Johnny has seven apples, you know, that look, that whole stupid thing they do. And they're looking at you like, oh, like just rolling their eyes. Like, would you just give me the, the freaking answer? Well, you know, in that moment, they're learning nothing. Zero. Because of the intentions that they came with. Or you ever uh, come into a room with children and they're watching TV and it's something they didn't do. Let's say maybe they left a bike or something in the driveway and you're telling them, yo, man. 
keep your mother effing bite. Well, you, you might not talk to your youth like that. I'm talking about me. But you may say, um, son or daughter, uh, please, I asked you before not to put your your, your bicycle in the driveway. I almost ran over it with the, our passenger vehicle. And, you know, uh, I want you to be a good steward over the things that God has blessed you with. You know, you may say it like that, right? But their, their, their eyes are fixated on the screen. They're like, uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. I'm going to move it. I'm going to move it. Uh-huh. They're not even listening to anything that you're saying, right? Because they already have an intention locked in, in their head, you see? So they're thinking, they're watching, they're identifying with the sensual experience of, of TV and things like that. They're not open. They're not allowing what you're saying or what, what your, your desires of coming in, you see? So that's what I'm saying. When, when you, when you have that type of, of experience, you know, in your learning or even in your teaching, no intention, get rid of all of it. No motivation, no intention. I'm just here. Right. And then. We're going to free flow. Whatever comes through, comes through, you know, and of course every session isn't like that, but you know, sometimes it is, sometimes it isn't, you know? All right. So let's see what else. Empress 2009 says direct answers stunt the growth of the questioner, but eliminating the ego is hard. It's only hard because you just said it's hard. <laughs> you just said it's hard. Eliminating the ego is hard. No, it ain't. Not hard at all, because I'll show you right now. I'll take you, Empress two thousand and nine, to a playground, and I bet you within, hmm, I bet you within ninety seconds, I'll eliminate. Nah, hell, I bet you within sixty seconds, I'll eliminate your ego at a playground, or we could do it at a beach. I'll eliminate your ego, or I could take you for a nighttime hike. Let's say one o'clock in the dawning would be good. You know, no flashlights, silent hike, by the way, I bet you within, you know, two minutes at a, at a, at a pitch black, uh, wooded hike, your, your ego will be eliminated. Bet you it's not hard. It's only hard. Cause you saying you telling yourself it's hard. Okay. And low, I ain't even going because low, low be catching you out there. Lo be saying some deep stuff sometimes, but the most time it'd be jokes. So you, you'll start reading it halfway through. And because we're live, I'll just be reading one of his jokes. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I'm not reading any of his stuff. <laughs> but yeah, appreciate you, brother. Glad you're here. <laughs> Yo, I ain't getting caught out with him, though. Caught out there. All right, cool. So I think that's about it as far as questions. I know it's a lot to, to consider, but um, it's worthwhile. It's worthwhile. Um, try to, you know, focus on the idea that most things that you enjoy in your sensual experience are impermanent, which can cause for a greater level of enjoyment because of the fact it's impermanent. And when you remove the fear of, you know, losing something that, you're going to lose anyway because none of it is permanent. Then you come into that place of enlightenment. You know, then you come into that, that place of enlightenment. So it's the same thing if I'm teaching and people feel like, okay, well, one more question, one more question. I got to get it, get out of here with them effing questions. Go for the ride. You know, don't be afraid to lose. Well, chief, chief didn't answer what I want to answer. All right. Well, you lost that big deal. 
you know, and whatever you wanted answered, even in terms of your problems, it's impermanent anyway. See, once you figure that out, that part out and not only enlightenment, but healing, healing becomes much easier too. whatever it is you're stressed out over right now, whatever it is, is hurting you, whatever it is, it's so I feel like this is, doesn't it sound like an altar call? <laughs> whatever it is that has got you down, stressed out in the muck and mire, you know, have you feeling like you ain't worth nothing, put it on the cross. No, I wasn't going to say put it on the cross, but what I am going to say is that whatever those things are, they're impermanent. Guarantee you, you could pick any one of them. And I mean, it's easy. I, I mean, I could, I could win this bet all day. <laughs> None of it is permanent. You may say, Oh man, I'm, I'm ugly, man. I look like a giant foot. Well, you know, nothing's forever. Your body ain't forever. It's impermanent. So what you stressing that for? You know, I'm overweight, man. I, I, I can't seem to get this weight off. Hey, I mean, weight come and go, man. And either way, your body's impermanent. You know, I can't find me a good relationship. Well, relationships come and go. Those are impermanent. And, you know, you can choose to stay single forever or not. You know, you know, anything that you could pick, honestly, it, it's that you would be stressed over or exhausted over. It's going to be based on an, on an attachment. And if it's based on your attachment, then it's based on something that's impermanent. Inta- attachments are always impermanent. Even your fear, like Sister Michelle said earlier, like, you know, hey, I'm, you know, I want to go deeper and delve deeper into the I new information, but I'm fearful. Whatever it is that you're afraid of is something that's not permanent anyway. And like most time it's, it's a, um, it's a, yeah, a foot. Y'all, y'all ain't never seen somebody look like a foot? You know, look like a foot? Um, what's that chick from, uh, ah, oh, man, is it Carrie something from Sex in the City? The one who looks like a collie dog. Um, oh man, I don't, she's married to Matthew Broderick. I know that part only because I know Matthew Broderick. Uh, yeah, you know that chick, Sex in the City. I can't remember her name. She looks like a foot. All right, she looks like a giant foot in Prada shoes. <laughs> but anyway, so um, Sarah Jessica Parker. Yeah, figure lower no. Exactly. Sarah, Sarah, just she is. She's like a foot. Look at that again. You'll see it. You got to look from the right angle. No, Kim Cattrall is, is that's, that's the Oshun of the show. Yeah. Cause you know, they're all Arisha, you know, but yeah, nah, Kim Cattrall, that's, that's the Oshun chick, you know? Um, she was in uh big trouble in little China, <laughs> you know, but, um, yeah. So like I was saying, um, you know, whatever it is, I'm telling you that you're attached to, it's it's not permanent. So there's no there's no point stressing about it anyway. You messed up relationship with your children. Well, that's an attachment. But I'm their mother. I'm their father. We're supposed to be like that. Oh, man, you attached to an idea. Maybe the way it is is what it's supposed to be. You dig? You know, so, um, yeah, Lassie. Exactly. Collie dog. Nah, you're not a hater, Empress. She she does. She was like collie dog, you know. But, uh, hey, I mean, none of them was really, you know, none of them was really looking too right. You know what I mean? Was, <laughs> deuces in the city. <laughs> That's what it should have been called. <laughs> the wolf pack. But, uh, <laughs> but, yeah, man. But, anyway, I didn't get all into that, man. Um, That's the key. All right? So, I think you guys got it at this point. All right? So, 
um, our second installment on dealing with the undeveloped um, is really taking a look at ourselves and looking at how we're approaching our learning and approaching even our teaching. Because I know you may, you guys may be learning when you're with me, but I'm sure you all have teaching opportunities um, and have moments and people who look to you for that level of instruction and whatnot, man. And, and I can tell you most of, most of the frustration, you know, like even what I'm telling you, like, no, nah, I really don't have any intention. I don't care. I didn't start that way. So let, let me, let me clarify that, man. I ain't start like that. I started with, if I could, if I could figure this out, I, I used to have that illusion in my mind that if I could learn something that if I expose that same thing to other people, that they would learn the same thing that I learned. And when that used to not happen, I mean, we're going years, but I was much, well, I was, I was younger. I'll say that maybe not that much, but I think I carried that thinking well into my twenties. Um, and it took me years to like, accept. no, um, you know, everyone's going to learn at their own pace and things that are going to trigger you may not trigger someone else and, and stuff like that. So, you you learn after a while, you know, even as someone who's sharing information to kind of detach. And like I said, I had to learn that the hard way. You know what I mean? I lost relationships, friends, all kind of things um, because I didn't have the patience for their, their rate of growth. You know, I, did, I didn't really have the, the, the patience for that. So I felt like, well, um, if you watch this movie here, here's Sankofa, watch Sankofa with me. This is a dope movie. Watch this. And they might watch me. Oh, and they they might even cry at the end, be crying with Nunu and go right back to what they were doing before. All right. So Kofa didn't do it. All right. Watch Quilombo with me. We're going to watch Quilombo. Or you might have some little raggedy children. Hey, man, we're going to sit down and watch Kiriku with the children. You know, <clears throat> all these different things. Or it might have been different books or lectures I would take people to. And, um, you know, so I, I had to learn the hard way, even myself, you know, that, um, man, just remove all that agenda. <laughs> you know, you got this agenda where you're trying to raise up this African village and you're trying to do it, giving everybody the same food that you're eating. And that just doesn't make sense because we're all different people, you know, and, and if everybody came to the same conclusions at the same time then everybody would die on the same day. So it just doesn't really make sense to approach things like that, man. So, you know, um, so even you as students and I'm, I'm sure, like I said, as teachers, a lot of you, you know, like Georgina, you know, she confirmed that she teaches Dutch to expats, you know, as even as a student as well, you want to kind of remove the expectations that you have towards each, each student or each person that you're giving things to. And when you can remove expectation and agenda, even in your relationships, then, um, for one, it becomes much easier to detach from them when that time comes, because it always comes in some shape, form or, or fashion. Um, it becomes easier to detach from them. But also the genius and the beauty of what the relationship is to be really gets to manifest itself because you didn't let your very finite and minuscule agenda get in the way of what was really supposed to happen between you and that person or in that environment. You know, so um, it's the same thing here, what I'm doing. Like I said, I get out the way, let whatever needs to come through, come through, and I'm done. You know, um, like, for instance, I wanted to get off at 12 o'clock today. It's now 122. See what I'm saying? <laughs> it's not always about the I. 
uh, which you bet I'm getting off now. So, yeah, just just give that some thought. All right. Now, you women who are in the ministry of Anu, some of you have replied. We sent the email or I sent the email out um, a few days ago and some of you have replied to it. And I am also guessing that some of you have not replied to it because you are not you probably have used a, a crap email address for the newsletters or you did one in your junk mail or something like that. Uh, or you just didn't read it because, you, you know, you're being lazy. You probably thought it was an announcement about nothing. Uh, but you should know <laughs> that I hardly send out any newsletters anyway. So if I send out something, because I, I, I'm not a big fan of newsletters myself. So, I, you know, even when we were sending out regularly, it's only once a month, you know. So, you know, just to give you an idea. That this, so check out your junk mail, whatever, um, for that. I won't say what it's about on the air, but. Uh, it only went out to the women signed up in the ministry. So that that's not just people listening and stuff like that or students, but people specifically signed up in the ministry. All right. So I want to give that heads up to you all. All right. And, um, you know, we're getting ready to head out of here. And also, uh, I know that there were some, some challenges on the to do house website. You know, when we had, uh, lost those classes and we had to rebuild them. And for the most part, most people should, should now be in their classes or have them. Uh, if you aren't just send an email, you know, from the site to the Sedula house admin. Also, some people are under the impression that we no longer have customer support. That is untrue. We actually have a, a larger customer support now, but, uh, you have to go, you only see the customer support link once you log in to the site and you have to use a form now, instead of sending emails to questions, we killed that because um it was some sometimes emails get blocked or like people send from hotmail addresses our servers were having issues with it stuff like that so we're using the form now it's much more efficient on the site so that's how you would send that in you know and it's for people who are already registered students if you're not a registered student uh yeah sol (laughs) so because a lot of times you people are not students y'all want all this support the people who want the most are the people who give the least that's that's a, let me hip you to that in business. The people who the, the clients that you have usually that demand the most actually are usually the ones who pay the least. The ones who who actually really support what it is what it is that you're doing usually don't have that many demands, <laughs> you know. So um, that's how we did that to kind of make it a little bit more efficient. But you know, if if you're still mixing some classes, send an email to Sedula House Admin from the site, but also put what classes you're actually missing. If if that's still an issue for any of you. All right. So into such time, I will see you uh, this Sunday coming forth. And, uh, you know, I trust that you all will utilize the information that you received. And uh, by utilizing it and applying it is when you truly understand it. And if you don't do that, then it just be, you know, dead information sitting inside of you. And eventually uh, the snake will bite you. And you're very welcome, Brother Marvin the Magi. All right? So I'm out of here. Until next Sunday. Everyone be strong. Be safe. Peace.